Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live in studio, uh, Rick Snyder is the president of FOP Lodge 86 here in Indy. Also, Jeff Blackwell is joining us in studio. His daughter tragically was killed in the FedEx shooting. His daughter's name is Samaria. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming in studio, telling us uh, your story about your daughter. And I do uh, want to talk about your involvement with the Cindy Carrasco campaign. She's the GOP candidate running for prosecutor against Ryan Mears. Can you tell us a little bit more about your relationship with uh, Cindy? Um, yes. So we wanted to do something. We wanted our voice to be heard. And we kind of waited for the announcement of was somebody really going to run against this guy? And then it was announced, and we just kind of held back for a while. But we knew we wanted to meet her because we wanted to look her in the eye and have a conversation. We weren't just going to say, hey, this is who we are. This is, we'll do whatever. So we sat down, and she's a mother. She's a real person. It cuts through. If, you, if somebody gets in front of Cindy, it doesn't take five minutes to know She's not a politician. She's just a real mom at that point. And her real concern is that for her daughter's safety and the safety of her city. Mm-hmm. My wife fell in love with her in short per se. And because I'm not a stupid man, I followed my wife's lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well done. Um, and for somebody that's just now turning on the radio, maybe you just got off of work. Um, Jeff told us earlier that... This story that was national news, this FedEx shooting, everybody, it seemed like from the state of Indiana and even national levels, had reached out to family members, offered condolences, went out of their way to show some level of support of some kind, except for the guy that's currently the prosecutor in Marion County. Do I have this accurate? You have that accurate, and it's even more important. The one guy that didn't reach out was the only guy in all those other people that had any chance in any way to affect the outcome that that would have never happened. Think about that for a moment. So when you see city leaders, Jeff, having a celebration, like about a month or maybe it's even two months ago, they had a little celebration here in the city. Some of these civic leaders celebrating that the crime numbers were trending down in the city. What went through your mind? Uh, a perfect bowling game of 300. You roll that, that's a big celebration. A 299 is not a 300, but that's a great bowling game. But both of those scores are absolutely horrible scores for the death total in the county. Mm. And that's what they're celebrating. They'll, well, we didn't get 300. Yeah, you're not supposed to set a record every year. And we say this over and over again. It sounds like a broken record, but I think it bears repeating here. 200 homicides in Marion County cannot be the norm. Rick, you can weigh in on this. Hey, listen, we had a goal before many years ago of keeping it under 100, and we were able to do so. So what changed? What changed were the decision makers and the fundamental missteps that were taken by buying into this woke, broke criminal justice and bell reform crap. 
That's what changed. Coincidentally, it took effect in January of 2020. And what have we seen then? Coincidentally, we've had the three highest years for homicides in the city of Indianapolis. That's not a coincidence, my friend. That's a pattern. That's evidence in my line of work. And here's what we know is that we're on track to have the third consecutive year of over 200 homicides in this city. And uh, people are acting like they want to deny that crime is even occurring. We've got crime deniers going on now, trying to downplay the fact of what people are seeing, as as Jeff shared, waking up in the morning and seeing all this violence that occurred over the night. And we have people in the media, in political office, and also just in the g- general public trying to be advocates and propagandists for politicians in charge, trying to convince us that it's not as what we are seeing and experiencing. And uh, we're saying enough is enough on that we're going to call it out for what it is our city is in a public safety crisis Uh, many of these acts of violence are preventable but it requires accountability for repeat violent offenders and we're not going to waver from that and it's just got to it's just got to there's something in me that triggers like i i if if what happened to my family ever you know the same thing happened to jeff i mean knowing that there's a mechanism that was in place that could have been prevented that they could have used it they could have done something to prevent what happened at the fedex is really i I know you're a man of faith and i know you're a man of forgiveness jeff i'm i can only tell you what i would do in that situation it would not be here speaking uh as as eloquently as you do about um you know using your platform for uh for good can i I say this i do not hate mr mears that's not the issue at all the problem is he's so poor at his job so what i'm trying to do is stand up for cindy and cross political parties i don't care if you're democrat or republican i don't care if you're independent what i'm asking you to do is make one vote and that's the vote not to let this individual continue on in this path and again i think this is important to point out you or not me. You're not a political animal. You don't live and breathe politics. Um, you are just a dad that is reaching out to people right now saying you have a choice to make things better. This should not be a political deal. It's about crime. It's about safety. You have the choice. You don't have to just always check that blue box when you go to vote. Yeah, it's it's just that. It's a matter of this affects everyone at all levels. So if you're an issue voter and you're stuck on an issue, I'm sorry, whatever that issue is, doesn't matter if you don't come home or make Mm. it to work Mm. because you've been killed or your kid has been killed or your husband has been killed. That's the fallacy with that issue voting at this point. We are in a safety crisis in our city public safety but we're not safe but we want to pretend and stick our heads in the sand as if we are and that's not the case rick i want to come over to you for something a little different here because the big story yesterday was there was an officer with the impd uh that was ultimately charged and i believe convicted of stomping like a homeless guy indicted i'm sorry not convicted indicted of stomping like a homeless guy out on the circle and i want to get your thoughts and your perspective on that yeah i mean uh you got an officer that's already been charged at the local level the federal indictment is uh something that backs that up it really uh 
essentially what the federal government is saying is they're going to have a hand in monitoring what goes on at the local level with the with the criminal case, the due process. I think the focus for anybody is to ensure that there's fair, firm, and consistent review of what occurred, uh, a review through the court system and uh, due process that's available to this officer and uh, allowing that system to work. So uh, the indictment has been made. There's really no new evidence, no new additional information or anything such as that. And uh, now it's just a focus on the process and allowing that to occur. And, man, it seems like whenever something happens like this, and there's a story about an officer, like the trolls come out on social media. There's this one guy that tweets at us all the time. It feels like 80% of the things he tweets are targeted at you, Rick. And he wanted me to ask you this question. So I'm going to go ahead and just ask it to you. Ask Rick Snyder if he can comment on if he's satisfied with an IMPD homicide arrest rate of 51% and why he's remained silent on police violence or law enforcement officers ignoring pleas and reducing access to firearms. This was a tweet that came in to us from the Hammer and Nigel account. Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate it. Here's the fact. No, we're not satisfied with the 51% conviction or uh, conviction rate or clearance rate on homicides. I don't know if that's still the current number or not, but here's what I do know, and here's the rest of the story. Uh, typically, uh, most major city agencies especially are shooting for a 60% or higher clearance rate if it's possible, but what greatly dilutes the ability to do that is a broken criminal justice system that has a revolving door. So what happens is you lose legitimacy with the community for those officers and detectives for residents and victims and witnesses to be able to trust not the officers and the detectives but to be able to trust the system that accountability will occur for that offender if they talk because this is what happens folks uh, may step out in in confidence and talk to the officers and they see an arrest made but then when they see that violent offender that perpetrator come right back into the neighborhood you're not going to talk anymore no. because you fear retribution and you snitches also get stitches and you also blame not just the system, but the most visible representation of government, which is the law enforcement officers and detectives. So it's a cyclical thing. So that's what contributes to that. If somebody really wants to see higher conviction rates, they should be doing everything to call out this criminal justice system to say, start holding repeat violent offenders accountable and bring legitimacy, trust and confidence back into the equation. The next part is on the, um, uh, what was the, the, the very last one there? Why has he remained silent on police violence and oh, yeah. LEs yeah, yeah. ignored plea to reduce access to firearms? Well, never uh, remained silent on police issues, uh, violence uh, toward our officers or when our officers have to use violence. Also, never remained silent on issues of controversy within law enforcement use of force. Guys, you'll remember, I think I sat in here for over an hour one day straight talking about the George Floyd incident specifically and issues of uh, police uh, trust and respect, but also um, uh, holding officers accountable when they step outside the bounds of the law. Uh, when it comes to the guns, we've been very outspoken about that issue, but I'm also clear to say it's not, we cannot get bogged down or fall into the trap of only fo- focusing on the instrument instead of the individual. We have to focus on the individual and the instrument involved, especially when they have a criminal history where they should never be in association with that instrument. And the final point is, If you truly want to prevent a repeat violent offender from being able to commit a new act of violence, they're not able to do it if their ass is locked up. That's the point. Can you guys come back for just one more segment? I know I've kept you guys for like way more time than you had signed up to join us, but this is sure. too good. Can you guys come back for one more and segment? I definitely want to ask you about recruitment and retaining the talent in IMPD. I'm sure this plays a role in everything that you were just talking about. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC or subscribe and get it right to your phone.